you don't just want financial advice. You want to build skills, discover tips, hacks, and strategies to help master your finances in easy bite-sized pieces. This is 30-Minute Money, and here's your host, certified financial planner, Steve Wershing. Welcome back once again to 30-Minute Money, the podcast that delivers action-oriented smart money ideas in bite-sized pieces. I'm Scott Fitzgerald at RockVox Recording and Production in Bushnell's Basin, just outside of Rochester, and Steve Wershing from Focused Wealth Advisors, my good podcasting friend here in studio once again. So we're talking, I have to bring it up because uh, in, in a previous episode, I brought up one of my favorite movies, which is The Shawshank Redemption, where Andy Dufresne says... He's about, he's getting held over the corner, the edge of the building. <laughs> and, and, and the guy says, uh, he says, well, there's no reason why you should have to pay taxes on that $30,000. You can give it all to your wife for a one-time tax-free gift. And, uh, that's been on my mind ever since. <laughs> and this is the time for, for you to either prove or disprove that rumor. Yes. Well, so I, I think, I think the point of that was that, um, you know, if you, if you transferred it to your wife, you wouldn't have to pay tax on it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, actually, um, that may or may not be the case. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, I mean, things have changed since the 30s. So <laughs> that's when true. That, when that's that true. movie took place. That's right. Exactly. I don't know if this is one of them. I don't know. But it's now now I'm going to have to look that up. But anyway, <laughs> but these days. So, yeah. So what we're going to talk about is 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 what what the uh, IRS would call your filing status. And so when you are. Before you get married, you're a single filer, and then typically when you get married, you you file jointly. Yeah, and um, and typically that's the best way to do it. That's the way to go. However, you don't have to do it that way. There is another status that you can use called married filing separately, where you basically each file independently a um, a tax return. And we're going to talk a little bit about about the pluses and minuses of doing that because you know. A lot of people every year have the question, you know, why does this even exist? Why would I even consider filing separately from my spouse? Yeah. And so we're going to talk about that. So, you know, um, importantly, um, most of the time it's not what you want to do. Most of the time it wor- it just works out much better if, you, if you're married that you file jointly with your spouse Be, because um, the uh, tax brackets are higher, the standard deduction is higher, um, and importantly, you lose a lot of benefits if you are married and you file independently. So, for example, um, there, if you lose capital loss deductions. So if you have losses, if you've sold things at a, at a loss, um, you can only write that off against capital gains. And a little bit of it can be written off against income. And whatever is not written off against income carries over to the next year. And if you file separately, then you can claim less of those losses than if you were um, filing jointly. More importantly, you lose things like deductibility of, of child and dependent care. And so if, if you have a lot of deductions that you could take for child care, you would lose a lot of them potentially by filing separately. Um, if you can claim an earned income credit, that becomes a lot harder if you are filing separately as a married couple. Um, if you um, If you want to take um, credits or deductions for educational expenses. So the American Opportunity Tax Credit, which is um, if you're getting educated post-secondary, um, <clears throat> you would you would potentially lose that if you fought, filed separately. And if you have kids who you know that you're paying for education, or if you're if you have kids that you're 
paying for their education, you lose the uh, lifetime learning credit. Um, and from my standpoint, the one that I see most frequently is that if you're married filing separately, <clears throat> your, your ability to contribute to a Roth basically goes away. You know, if, if you're if you're a single taxpayer, um, you know, you can contribute to a, the, the phase out for that ability doesn't happen until, you know, you're into the six figures. If you're a married couple, you can contribute to Roth IRAs up until your income is into the 200s. But if you're married filing separately, it goes away at about $10,000 of income. So effectively, if you, marry, if you file separately as a married couple, you basically can't contribute new money to a Roth IRA. So, you know, would, so those are all benefits that go away. Would you say that they design these, these rules to sort of guide people to filing jointly? Oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. they definitely made it harder <clears throat> for people if you wanted to file separately. Right. Yep. Absolutely. There, there's, you know, one of the things that, that, Maybe we'll do an episode on this sometimes, sometime. But you know, there's there's a lot of social engineering that goes on yeah. in the tax code. I mean, it's not just economics that that plays into that. If if Congress, you know, wants to motivate you to do one thing or another, they'll write it into the tax code. And, and you know, we could have arguments about whether or not that's legitimate or ethical or that. But the fact is, that's how it is. So, yeah. absolutely, you know, the the um, the government wants – if you're married, they very much want you to file jointly. And so they build in all kinds of disincentives for doing it. Now, having said that, there are some good reasons to file separately sometimes. And so depending on your situation, these are things that are worth considering. Uh, probably the biggest one, the one that I see most frequently is if one, if one member of a couple has a lot of student debt and they are on an income-based repayment plan then filing separately allows the the partner who has the student debt to potentially have to make much lower debt payments because the debt payments are capped at a certain proportion of income. And would it otherwise it would be income it would be household income? Yeah. Instead of just a single person. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so, you know, if if you're making student loan payments and you find that, you know, you're on an income-based repayment plan and you find that you know, if if you just file for your income, you know, you would not have to make what the calculated payment would be. You could pay substantially less for that. This is particularly valuable if you are working for a nonprofit and you stand to benefit from the public service loan forgiveness program. So under the PSLF, if you work, um, if, you, if you have a government loan for, for student aid and you work for 10 years paying that off, at the end of the 10th year, they'll forgive whatever is still outstanding. So... If you are, for example, a teacher and you've got lots of student debt from getting your master's in education, um, you, you, there might be a strong argument for filing separately from your married from your spouse and doing that for 10 years. It suppresses the income-based repayment that you'd have to make, and, and that means that there is as much of that debt as possible preserved for the 10th year when it will all get forgiven. Mm. So that's that's probably the biggest, most the, the single most often reason I see for matter of filing separately. But there are other ones as well. So that's generally younger couples that would be doing that when we get to the other end of the age range. Um, and we get to, to uh, retirees or people who are closer to retirement. Um, you know, if one if one member of the couple has significant medical expenses, um, medical expenses are only deductible to the to the extent to which they exceed seven and a half percent of adjusted gross income. Um, if one of you has significant medical bills and not both of you, um, if you file separately, it's a lot easier for you to reach that seven and a half percent threshold 
than if you file as a household. So if you have big doctor bills, you know, you might want to consider filing separately because you might be able to itemize deductions and claim that as a deduction hmm. against your income for the year. Um, and then we get into a couple of more specialized cases. So, you know, let's, let's say that you're, you know, your marriage is not going that well, or you're you know, nervous about the relationship or somehow distrustful of your spouse. Um, one reason and perfectly legitimate, and I, I hope that nobody who's listening to this falls into this. However, if you're in a situation where you just are concerned that your spouse is doing shady things, if you file jointly, you are both responsible for the accuracy of that tax return. If you file separately, you are only held legally responsible for the representations you make on your own return. And so, you know, I, I, I hope against hope that nobody who's listening to this falls into that situation. Yeah. But if you have concerns that, that your spouse is doing something that's not really totally on the up and up, you may want to file separately because you, that, that way you can't be held legally responsible for any of the representations that are being made on that other tax return. And similarly, if you, if you get married to somebody or if you are married to somebody who, has, um, who owes a lot of past taxes and, you know, that, that's a liability that like never goes away. I mean, you can't discharge it in bankruptcy. You know, it's one of those things you can't ever escape. So if you if you marry somebody who's got significant unpaid back taxes, you might want to seriously think about filing separately because then they can't come chase you for it. If you start filing jointly, then, you know, again, you're both on the hook for it. You're both responsible for it. So if if you get married to somebody who had unfortunate financial events that happened before and they ended up falling way behind on on with the IRS, you may want to consider filing separately because that way the IRS can't chase you for some of those things that your spouse may have brought into the marriage. And that might be something that people uh, should ask about. <laughs> yeah, you know, I this is asked, I would never have thought. Well, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's kind of like prenuptial agreements, right? It, right it's it's right. um you know, that getting married is is more than just a personal relationship and it's more than just about love. I mean, there's all kinds of other implications that come with it and yeah, you should really have a good thorough conversation about finances before you ever yeah. tie the knot. Before we do this, I'm going to need you to fill this out and trip. Exactly. I really, I love you. Can I have a net worth statement, please? <laughs> Can I see five years of tax returns? That'll light her fire. <laughs> <laughs> Your retirement is at risk, not from the stock market, not from inflation. Taxes are putting your retirement at risk. I'm certified financial planner, Steve Worshing, and I specialize in helping people create low-tax retirements. Unmanaged taxes can take 30, 40, even 50% of your retirement income. Learn how to defend yourself against excess taxation. Our complimentary webinar will cover all the principles you need to know to protect your money for you and your family and keep it away from the government. This free webinar will cover how taxes are different in retirement, the taxes you pay in retirement that you don't have to pay during your working life, how to move ta savings into a tax-free environment, the widow's tax, the SECURE Act, the SECURE Act 2.0, and what they mean to you. The webinar is free, but you have to register to save your spot. So go to focusedwealthadvisors.com slash webinars and find out more and sign up right there. Even if you're not planning to retire for the next five or 10 years, this information will be critical for you. 
The longer you have to put the strategies into effect, the more you can accomplish. That's focusedwealthadvisors.com slash webinars to find out more and to sign up today. Filing separately, filing jointly, what's your 30-minute action item? 30-minute action items, look at things that you could potentially deduct and decide if that if it makes sense to file separately. All right. Make sure it makes sense to check out 30-minute money. <laughs> it always makes sense to check yes, out 30-minute money. 30minute.money. It's on all of the platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe and tell your friends. And we will see you next time on 30-Minute Money. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcast or like the Stephen Wersing CFP Facebook page and feel free to leave us a suggestion for what topics you would like to hear discussed on the show. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Focus Wealth Advisors and Cambridge are separate entities. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions.